This podcast is brought to you by Sales Fuel Hire, a platform to help companies hire smarter and flag 13 toxic employee types. Measure job fit, sales tendencies and motivators, decision-making abilities and empathy levels and make your next hire your best hire. Try it now on salesfuel.com slash hire and use promo code MANAGESMARTER for $50 off your first purchase. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. You know, Lee, one of the things that I know gets to you as a CEO that kind of vexes you is a turnover of the young people that we start to mentor them and they take off. Well, I, I think that that's uh, logical, but it's like, yeah, I do like to uh, invest in the employee and I like to like to develop the employee and keep the employee as long as I possibly can. Uh, however, you know, what, there are certain opportunities for advancements or career changes that pop up. That's not always possible. I think it's, you know, I, another one of mine is like, you know, and trying to develop people. It's like, you know, I, I want to try to develop everybody into being high performers. And well, it's like our guest today, you know, seems to you know, give me uh, comfort in the fact that they may not always be possible. So I really want to dive into that. I'm so excited to speak to her. By the way, everybody, I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the vice president of communications here at Sales Fuel. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the president and CEO of Sales Fuel. Yeah, and so Deborah Coviello is our guest, author of CEO's Compass, your guide to getting back on track. I'm looking forward to us doing that. And the host of the Drop-In CEO podcast. I love the title of your podcast, Deborah. Uh, after 25 years in quality and operational excellence roles, Deborah has a deep understanding for what's important when it comes to creating solutions for CEOs. So listen up, Lee. By assessing the landscape, solving their tech business issues, elevating their people for a lasting impact, and ultimately peace of mind for all of us, which sounds great. So yeah, we're going to talk about two things today with Deborah. Why can't everybody be mass productivity, high performance all the time, and the emerging leader turnover. So Deborah, welcome to our microphones. I'm so glad you were able to make it today. Oh, I am thrilled, Audrey. Lee, thank you so much for the opportunity to connect with your community and talk about this really, really important topic that I've seen over the years in my various leadership roles. So thank you. So Lee, do you want to start with the uh, the emerging leaders or the high performance? Well, so, which uh, one is more important to you that you've had? Well, I mean, they're, they're both important. I think they're also kind of tied together. But let's just start with the first one. It's like, okay, why can't everyone be a high performer? So I ask you the question, why can't everybody be a high performer? We sometimes think because what we receive and what we get is what we're going to continue to get. But I sometimes like to challenge that mindset. And I also think about sometimes, you know, HR professionals, HR business partners, because of how we're trained and where we need to invest our time and our merit reviews and bonuses. Sometimes we have to put people into boxes, mm -hmm. your high performers, your steady eddies, and your low performers for which, you know, 10%, you start moving up and 10%, you got to clean out, you know, clean house. But I wonder, and does it have to be that way? And why do we even have that mindset to begin with? Why can't I think we it's, all be you, got the, you got the 80, 20 rule, you know, where people just, just get comfortable with the idea that, oh, 20% of my sales team is going to result in 80% of my sales or 20% of my staff is going to do 80% of the work. And that, that 80, 20 rule, I, I think doesn't apply here. What do you think? 
Well, again, it's challenging the mindset because if you lead with that belief, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And I have some stories in here where I think everybody can be a high performer, but it requires different level of investment. Otherwise, they become an expense. So for instance, absolutely, you should be investing in your high performers. They're very visible. They may be that 20% that gives you 80% of the sales. You absolutely need to invest in them. And it does kind of tie into the high, the other topic because they may naturally be a high performer. Don't forget them because they too may still not be personally fulfilled. And before you know it, that high performer is performing for somebody else. And that um, person that's steady Eddie, that's just nose down that you can always depend on, you know, we trust them. They are loyal to the company. We require those people, but they too. And again, we talk about, you know, this is also a leader, but may, they may not know what it's like to perform at a higher level. Their heads down, they do the job. We don't worry about them. We may or may not give them feedback. And without that, they continue to perform at the same level they too could be a high performer. And I had people that if you start engaging with them and working with them and identifying what are some unique skills they might have, and we talk about this in the CEO's compass, you never know, there may be an area where they can be more of, I don't know, um, and an opportunity for your business, they may actually generate revenue in other ways versus just a cost center. And that low performer, it's energy. It's an expense. They're visible too because they're not meeting the target. And sometimes it's just hard to have conversations for action to get them to perform. We kind of hand them off to HR and we say, take care of it. Let's get that performance improvement plan. But that's also an investment because I have had people that have been labeled as the poor performer and we write them off. And we really maybe have not taken the time to get to know what their gifts are. And maybe they need to do work outside of the organization. But if we don't understand the value, you never know, they could actually be, again, a profitable cost center. It's everybody can be a high performer. Let's not label and profile people. It just requires a different level of engagement. That, that mid-level that you talk about, uh, I've found that sometimes really good leaders are reluctant to be leaders. You know, have you seen something like that? Or do you feel like everyone that's, that's a good leader or whatever just, you know, me just charges right in and says, says yes, I want to lead and you can't stop me? I think people need to think about what is a leader, what are leadership qualities? Because a leadership person does not have to be that person that we portray is that out there, that outspoken, that extrovert, the person that has a group of people around them. There are different kinds of leaders and I write about this as well. You have those people that have a lot of pride and are kind of quiet, but those silent leaders, the people that you think are steady eddies, but they have tremendous knowledge their leadership may come through in other ways. If they're a great teacher, they do the process dependably day in and day out. Why don't we leverage their leadership skills in the area of intellectual property, celebrate it, bring it out, share it with others so that they can learn from, and then they feel, I don't know, recognized and they've left a lasting legacy. They can be leaders in a different, quieter kind of way that serves you. And they may be the go-to person that assures you have a sustainable business process because they share knowledge and how you do things. So I work for a, a public relations firm that did brown bag lunches once a month, peer to peer, the whole company would gather in the lunchroom and you would be called on to present. So your quiet people, your steady eddies would share their knowledge base while everybody munched away, but it was a time for them to shine. And we found we had some people that knew some things. We were like, wow, we didn't know they, you know, so brown bag lunch is one way 
to start to solve the problem. But I guess all of this begs the question for me, again, asking for the audiences. All right, so what is your definition of the mid-performer who's almost on the cusp of being a high performer and what do I do to vault them up into that category? I love that question. I have actually, you've used the word vault. It's in my book, The CEO's Compass. I call it value assessment, then understand their passion, then potentially combine their strength and their passion and launch them into a new role. That's the L. And then kind of try it, train it and tweak it. Because sometimes you may find what we hire a person for. Yes, they'll do that job well. But have we ever asked them, what are you really good at? What are you passionate about? I had one particular person, he was heads down, really good at doing kind of the analytical work and the stats and the the inventory management. But when I brought them into a situation where they were teaching and training others on problem solving, oh my, talk about seeing that person light up. And then we started seeing that magic. Well, what can we have you do more of? Because you really like seeing other people's light belt turn on. Now, that's somebody that propelled themselves into a leadership position. They were the go-to person on my team because they could speak to, I don't know, critical thinking, which sometimes people don't use in an organization. Again, they follow the process and that's what we pay for. And that's all they get as a transaction. We don't ask people to bring their minds at work. So to your point, you need to take the time to see those unique talents in people. We may have hired them for one thing, but maybe they should be doing something else to launch vault your business. Critical thinking is a big is a big thing that I never used to use use or have an awareness of at all. I'll totally cop to that early in my career. How do you teach that? Uh, you know, people to think things through. You know, many layers down the line before they actually execute on something. You know, it's hard but it's also easy. And so I'll go into my toolbox of continuous improvement. When we talk about problem solving, demaic thinking, um, doing root cause analysis, a simple question of, well, why? Why do you do that? Well, that's what the way I was shown. Well, why is that important to continually do that process? Well, when I came on board, they gave me the work instruction and I got really good at doing steps one through 10. Well, why is it important? Then you get people to start thinking, well, I mean, my customer relies on that. I translate this order into the system really good. Well, why is that important? Well, you know, and then when you just start doing it, you get people to think. If you just get people to spew information, I do A, B, C, D, and E. Again, it's the transaction versus bringing people and their mind to work. You start asking why, very simple question. People start thinking critically. Lee, you call it uh, order takers. Yeah, uh, order takers, <laughs> autopilot. Yeah, we, Our we order we, takers he uses. <laughs> yeah, no, we, yeah. But I challenge that a critical no. transaction for your business. But what's the ult- outcome? What is the ultimate outcome? I talk about this on the CEO's compass. What's peace of mind? How do you know they're doing the right job? What is the ultimate outcome for your customer that they should be achieving? So we talked a lot about building people up to take the next step or or, or to move up, if you will. Uh, in their development. Let's talk about the other side. How can you tell as a manager that you're losing somebody, you know, that they're actually they're either backtracking or, they're, or, or they're, they've got one foot out the door and you just don't know it yet? You know, I'm so glad, Lee, that you asked that question because I've thought about that a lot. And it kind of ties into those people um, that you think are high performers or, you know, they're, they're steady eddies and then the difficult ones. 
I think these are leaders in the making. We just don't know what to do with them. And I think it requires a different investment in time before, as you say, they're one foot out the door. I have one particular kind of leader. I call them in the framework and I love analogies in, in the terms of fire. So there's one person that is what I call the spark. They, you know, just they're difficult. They walk into a room, people roll their eyes. Uh, they don't know what to do with them because they're just, I don't know, being difficult and pushing people's buttons. Um, and people complain about them. So that's the spark. And people start labeling them as being difficult. But I might suggest, and this makes me a little sad, is that I see these people as highly talented. They are just so good at what they do. They have these ideas. They have great courage to speak up and say what's on our mind, but we don't know how to deal with them. We hand them off to HR. I might suggest that this person needs a particular type of coaching that may take their great ideas and, and needs that you have and maybe message a little differently. Otherwise, they're going to get frustrated and leave. That's one kind of person. There's another person I call my slow burn. They steady eddies. That's the middle uh, middle line. They do their job. But sometimes they come into your office and they have these harebrained ideas and they start taking up your time and you get frustrated with them because maybe they start, I don't know, not performing and meeting their objectives, but they have time for all these great ideas. That's a person that's a leader that, you know, if you don't take care of them and maybe they just don't know how to convert ideas into messages that can influence people, takes a completely different type of coaching. They'll come into your office a half dozen times and try to express this idea and write on your whiteboard. And at the end of the day, you just don't have time because you haven't coached them on how to maybe formulate what that idea is. And maybe it can influence people. They're out the door eventually. They may stick around a long time, that slow burn, but they're out the door. And then there's the last person. I call this the igniter. I mean, this is the person that is that high performer. And they do their work, they achieve above and beyond. And when they come to your performance review, they said, okay, I'm looking for some feedback. You're doing great. You're on the mark. Keep doing it. Okay. That person is always looking to improve. And what I suggest to leaders and maybe then this person is, well, they need feedback. What should they continue doing? That's outstanding. You want to leverage that. What do they start doing? What might help them even amplify what they're already doing? And what might be something you want to change? Because maybe there's still a little bit of something in their coaching that keeps them from being that promoter. So that's the igniter. And if you don't feed their need for improvement, they're going to leave. You say you have three simple words on feed for feedback failure. What are the three simple words to get a better outcome for feedback? Continue, start, and change. They're all positive words. When people ask for feedback or they have a performance review, it's a frightening negative experience. But when you say, what should I continue doing? It plays to their strength. Okay. Positive. What should I start doing? Something new you might consider that maybe they take a Toastmasters class. They're very talented. Then maybe they need to further improve the way they message what they say. That's positive. They can act on it. It's something actionable. And the change. They say, talk about what you should continue. What should you start doing? But if you change this thing a little bit, you might get a better result. Change is something actionable. If you simply are binary and tell them you're doing good or Let's take that course over there, go CHR, you need to improve some stuff. It's all negative. Continue, start, change, actionable. Going back to the igniter in particular, uh, that's somebody that I believe needs a career planning conversation in terms of, you know, 
where do you want to go? Where do you, you know, who do you want to be? It's like, you know, what role do you want to have in this company, you know, down the road? And once we, we identify, you know, what that is, because you know, sometimes you're going to get, oh, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Okay, that, that's fine. But a lot of times you're going to get, well, I aspire to be in management or I want to take, you know, I want to be, you know, handling enterprise level accounts or something like that. Now it becomes very easy to have that coaching conversation because now it's a matter of, okay, how can we get there? All right, here's what you need to do, you know, to start doing, to be able to get, you know, from point A to point B. And if that's something that, that you're interested in or whatever, you know, I can help, help get you there. So and it feeds their soul. They are always looking to improve. If you draw, lay out a roadmap with them, even being in control and how can you enable it, they're going to stick around. And you want them doing that inside your company, not outside your company. You got it. Again, protect your investments. Okay. This is a, we've talked about the generations in the workplace before, but I would be curious to know if the younger people now are more likely to be high turnover emerging leaders, or if it is possible to get them to stay. Just because I I know um, in the last 20 years, you know, when you look at people's LinkedIn's, people are, what do you call them, hoppers, more, you know, go from job to job to job, and that's become a little bit more mainstream. That's why I'm asking. So as the parent of a 30 and 25-year-old and okay. an 18-year-old, um, <laughs> I've seen this pattern. And I see two things. First of all, I celebrate their willingness to create their own path. They are essentially creating their own apprenticeship and gaining as much experience in different situations, whether within a company or jumping. And so when I see that nine month, nine month, nine month, um, they are just trying to fast track their development. So I don't see it as a negative. But the other thing that I see is that they are looking for that purposeful, bigger picture kind of company. And that's also on the CEO's compass of a company. And sometimes these smaller companies are just so much in the moment. They've not clearly articulated what their purpose is. Um, and if they don't feel that after two years, they're gone. They really want to have the work that they do be something meaningful in a greater context. So that's actually what we probably should all be aspiring to, whether it's a short-termer or a long-termer. But if people don't see how their work is aligned with the bigger picture, they're going to go elsewhere, whether you're a senior level person or somebody who's new in their career. And that's good advice then for CEOs that uh, are founders, particularly of, of smaller companies, because you know why you started the company. You know what the company, you know, what the company was designed to do. Yeah. You know, and so you may know that, you may assume everybody else knows that, but you know, there are new people in the door where they may not know that. So it might be something to share more frequently than you're doing right now. Every conversation needs mm. to align it. You know, I talk about this in terms of performance. You may have an annual company meeting and talk about what the purpose is, but it needs to be something that can everybody achieve the purpose? Do they have the understanding? Does their job directly align with what that purpose is so they can see how they impact the bigger picture? If they don't see it or they don't have the capability to do it. For instance, we may say we want to be number one in customer satisfaction. So certainly our sales and customer service people, they're on it. However, a person in your warehouse, 
a person maybe in your accounting department. They're so detached from the actual customer themselves. Do they themselves understand what it is to have customer satisfaction with their internal customers? And if we don't impress upon that that's a critical part of their job and their job is just to get the transactions done every day, they're not going to be aligned to the greater purpose. Your performance is off track. Your company is Illumination Partners. Dropinceo.com, Deborah, is your website. And I know you're taking on, you know, consulting jobs and all that. People reaching out to you. It's Deborah A. Coviello on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, are you taking new clients right now? Oh, absolutely. And, and conversations are free. Um, I have a huge network. So pipeline and filling that is not an issue. I find through the drop in CEO podcast and conversations like that, I have come to meet some amazing people talent. So it's not just myself, you know, the head of illumination partners, but there's a whole network behind me ready to service small and medium size and large companies. Well, we feel the same way in that we met you today through our podcast and we're better off for it. This was great advice today. Good things to think about. All right. Well, my pleasure, Audrey. My pleasure, Lee. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>